Hey there, folks, and welcome to another episode of the Next In Line podcast brought to you by the RFK Refugees Sporting Network. This is a really cool episode. I've got somebody here in the proverbial virtual uh, recording booth me- with me today. I'm going to introduce him in just a second, um, but uh, they- we got a special uh, episode filled week for you this week and that's because we got a match filled week obviously uh we just got past the oakland uh, roots in a a wonderful 2-0 victory i'm going to talk about that i'm going to talk about some of the upcoming um matches we've got also down the pike and i'm going to talk about some of the 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 leaders we've got on this team and and what what it means but and and also of course uh, as i'm recording this on a tuesday uh morning right now we've got the uh the impending third round matchup against flower city union so um, all that to say, we've got a great episode. Uh, Adam Mandelovitz recorded a great episode yesterday as well. That dropped last night. Talk a lot about uh, Oakland as well as some of the big the, the kids coming out of the academy and, and the processes to go. So go listen to that. Go get a detailed breakdown of, of DC United's academy. And uh, without further ado, I'm going to introduce my guest today, who is uh, Jordan Stewart from the Keller Williams Capital Properties Group. Welcome, Jordan. Thanks for having me. Yeah, this is uh this is a special treat. Um, if you if you live under a rock and you haven't haven't heard, Jordan is is part of the uh, recent minority acquisition acquisition group uh, of of Loudon United. So so having uh, one of the uh, group of owners on the phone is is really really friggin' cool. Um, and it's uh it's an honor it's an honor to talk to you. It's an honor to to, to have you a part of this conversation. Um, and and. and the way that you know, the way I'm planning on doing this, and 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 hope that you're okay with it, is just I'm going to talk through, uh, the, you know, the, what we've got going on. Uh, you're welcome to join in and and be a part of that conversation. And then, and I got some questions, uh, I you know, for you that that hopefully will help paint a picture of who you are and uh, what Loudon looks like in in 2023 and beyond. Uh, for the fans, for for all of us, um, and, and you know, these are questions that that are that are burning for me. But I, I think that a lot of folks are going to be super interested. So. Uh, so, so huge honor to have you on. Uh, welcome aboard. And without further ado, I'm going to jump right into it. Um, cool. So I know that you were there, Jordan, but uh, we just survived. Uh, survived is not the right word. We just uh, thrashed a, a wonderful performance, a week seven performance against the Oakland Roots, a team that sat atop the Western Conference standings for a short period of time. Um, and, uh, you know, we, we, we got out of there with uh, with 2-0 victory, 2-0, we'll say it in English terms. Um Against a, a staunch and 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 heavy midfield pressing team that is exciting that that we're getting performances against all all sorts. Um, going into that, there was some questions about resting players, and I think the most notable omission was was Coa Santos, who on who's been playing uh, amazing, one of our star players on the right uh, side of our defense, um, having a stellar campaign. Uh, but we're hoping that his omission and and you don't need to tell us Jordan but if you if you're on the inside but uh, hoping that his omission was because of a, a resting opportunity I saw him uh, jumping in the stands when 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 Zach scored so um so yeah it's his roommate yeah that's so it's, it's, it's his, so yeah <laughs> that makes sense that he that's why would... I add value to this yeah I can tell you about <laughs> thousand situations yeah, they're, best, awesome. they're best friends those two that's great. So you know, jumping into that that, that right back spot uh, was in, in Coa's stead was was Aiden Rocha or Roca. Um, Aiden uh, Aiden has played Rocha. right back before. Rocha, okay, Rocha. So yeah. I gotta I gotta not only uh, say that right, I gotta remember it right. Um, 
so so Aiden had been playing uh, in that fullback spot at Georgetown. So this is not um, uh, something he's unfamiliar with. He's totally capable of of handling. Um, but uh, starting off the game, you know, not to be critical, you know, I got you on the line, but you know, the back line was a little shaky. Had a couple of opportunities. Um, one of which was was a was a great ball over the top that. Uh, that the Faro had to make what was an amazing save, maybe even contender for for currently for save of the season, but um kept the kept the the game at a nil nil around the the eighth minute, and then honestly the rest of the game was ours. You know, in the fifteenth minute, you know, Leggett had a great opportunity, same exact situation over the left side and um ball over the top and centered it to uh, Zach Ryan, forcing Oakland to the Oakland keeper to to, to make a crazy save. Um, it happened again, uh, some sharp midfielding experience coming out of uh, Nanan Landry, like about 10 minutes later in like the 25th or 24th minute, I believe. And, and Leggett, you know, gets a ch- another chance and takes a shot on this one. Um, and then the 20 mi- 28th minute on a, a free kick, uh, Leggett then has to be rec- reckoned with in the box, tries to settle it, has maybe a high boot himself, but gets uh, maybe clipped in the face, creates a penalty. The rest is history. You know, if you want to hear a breakdown of the match, you don't need to hear it from me. You can tune into the other podcast. But uh, spoiler alert, Zach Ryan scores penalty uh, expertly, bottom left. Um, you know what's you know what's funny, Adam? Yeah. I was was I was out training on Friday on, on the pitch, and Zach and I were were joking uh, after training. He he always stays and it's like, are you the are you the pen taker? Are you the one? And he's like, yeah, we haven't had a a penalty kick all season, obviously. And he, and he went and he, and he ended up and Zach, if Zach watches this, he'll laugh. Um, he actually like missed two, two in a row. And I was kind of standing there like, are you sure of that? that you wanna sure do this? But he's such a, he's such a competent player. Yeah. He didn't care. You know, he's like, he's like, I, I'm, I'm nailing my, my PK when, when that happened. So um, just the fact that he stepped up and hit a perfect PK there, and the first opportunity that that was given the whole season just tells you a lot about him um, and his performance level. So, yeah, he he not only uh, nailed it like he said he would. I mean, he he, he crushed it past a keeper that's got um, he's got some experience in stopping penalties. He's got, you know, Paul Blanchetta is, is not a bad goalkeeper by any means. And he showed that in the second half. Um, but that's good to hear. It's good to hear he's got that confidence. I think that Loudon's got a bit of a curse almost with penalties. We we've not had consistency at, from the the twelve spot. Uh, we we've not had consistency in in delivering or players performances. At, you know, in penalty taking. I think that we're probably. I don't know where the if this stat is true or or how to even research it, but we're probably one of the worst in um in the USL at at, at penalty uh taking and 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 making them. Um, you know, and, and it's. It's 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 a constant thing. So I don't know. I don't know. It's one of the you know you got to practice it on your own. But I'm glad to hear he is practicing it. Um, so, so yeah, you know, back into the game, the, the Khalil had uh, a a shot deflected in the 58th minute, and and um, you know, you're gonna see this goal time and time again in highlights, you know, in, in commercials for years to come. But uh, Panos Armanakis, you're also had, gonna you're also gonna hear about it based on who scored it. He's gonna tell you about it. Who's the uh, Panos? Panos, so yeah, yeah. Pa- Panos Armanakis had this this crazy goal. He and he just he set the play up. <clears throat> he got back involved. He was the first to the ball in the rebound. I mean, this was this was world world class level, you know, uh, finishing from from our midfield maestro. Um, awesome to get his first goal in in the USL. It's awesome to get his first goal for Loudon. 
Um, but he's he's not he's not shy. He's not he's not shy for goals. He, he's gonna get more. He's had plenty in his professional career. Um, <clears throat> I'm not even gonna beat the dead horse, honestly, because you're gonna if you haven't seen yet, he, it's up for goal of the week. It should win. Um, go vote for it on the USL's website. But it, it's amazing. Um, you know, Ryan got another chance later in the game, and, and Tommy got two more opportunities himself when he came on. Uh, for for Leggett. So all in all, you know, this was a dominating performance. I don't think Oakland played poorly. We just we just bossed them. We bossed them in every every aspect of the game. They didn't get chances. They had one shot on goal the entire game. It's you know it's nice to get a, a clean sheet, but it's it's probably preferred for for Hugo when when that clean sheet comes uh on the back of only a single save um to get a second clean sheet too. So that's that's nice. Um so I mean Oakland handled the majority of the possession despite us handling the entire game. You know, we we dominated the thir- final third on both sides of the field after pretty much the t- first 10 minutes. Uh, Loudon had 11 shots, eight of which were on target. Un- unreal numbers. Uh, whereas Oakland had 14 shots and only one on target. So again, that's that save. Um, we were only, we were able to only rack up three yellow cards, which is, you know, in a position of of taking the lead, that's that's pretty good. Um, you know, you, you see yourself kind of getting players frustrated and, and delaying time. So, Three yellow cards is a is a great thing. Uh, Panos Notch's first man of the match. We know that Landry, you know, recorded his best performance of the season. That was on, on, rated on Fop Mob as an eight point four. That's crazy. With five tackles, a clearance, three interceptions, nine duels won, and a seventy four percent pass accuracy. Samake on the yep. outside, uh, he it just continues to be one of our most reliable players. Uh, he, he's having just good performance after good performance. He hasn't had a bad one yet, I don't believe. Um, and then a shout out to Leesburg native. Uh, I think the Stampede tweeted one of our own, not really one of our own because he didn't come from DC United's Academy, but Daniel Chica came on during stoppage time to get his professional debut. He came, uh, I believe about a George Mason is where he played soccer. But, uh, and in the like two minutes that he got to play, he got, he was one for one on ground duels. Uh, so that's, that's uh, pretty cool. Yep. So, so that's all I got. Yeah. I mean, oh, yeah. yeah. We, we see, I think, there hasn't been a lot of a lot of danger from the other teams in the in the back in the final third on them. It's really a statement from the defense. Uh, missing Cole back there too. You know, mm-hmm. Bryce has stepped in seamlessly, next man up. But uh, what I notice is the other teams they're getting around the box, and then we're just we're just faster and stronger to the ball, and it's very impressive. We have a really confident goaltender. A goalkeeper back there. Uh, sorry, hockey playoffs. Um, and and not only one. I mean, Hugo's been having this phenomenal season since he's come back. Dane Dane has been phenomenal too. Um, mm-hmm. Very confident with him as well. So I think we'll we'll see Dane get mixed in as well yeah. during the season. He he deserves uh, you know opportunities to play as well. And it's funny we had a. A really strong goalkeeper last season and um and it, it's it's a strength of this team for the past two years and honestly that goalkeeper last season to me like kind of should be down here getting some playing time as well but you know yeah, that's agreed. neither here nor there so um but i i i like watching uh watching very athletic wings you know between koe aiden samake that just shut it down when the other team's trying to get that whip that ball into the box and then the guys in the middle are taking care of it so really impressive um 
the danger that when the game's opening up are were very dangerous on the on the open up the counterattacks. So even pressing high press teams like we saw with San Antonio and yeah. Oakland same same way. It was pretty pretty open. Both teams were able to counter each other, but we're just as dangerous um coming down the wings with Panos and Khalil with players that can finish in the middle. And it's funny, Zach has so many goals, but he's also missed two games. And yes. he's um he got stoned a couple times too. I think I can remember a couple occasions where he's had some open looks that that didn't get converted too. So it's just one uh, this past match too. This past match, great save by by the the keeper on Oakland. Absolutely, yeah. it's like a reflex kick save. San Antonio, he had he had one and another great save by that you know first first team keeper. And we're playing these teams, Adam, that are they're all good. Yeah, this, like every team in the USL is is talented at the championship level. But well, we're we're playing all these teams that that are top ta- top top half table teams. So we certainly are. This has been a tough beginning um to the season. I think a lot of folks looked at that the the, the initial like quarter or the initial third of the season and said, "Well, Loudon doesn't stand a chance." Um, and, and let them keep thinking that because right now we're sitting here with with four wins and sitting in in fourth or fifth place right now with a game in hand too. And, and so yeah. you said a bunch of great things, you know, you know, I will say when, when Cole and, and Giannis started, uh, Learman started, you know, the season off so strong. Um, when, when, when Cole went out, you know, I think a lot of folks really felt a little bit of despair, like, Oh, it's happening again. Oh, this is it. Um, and, and Bryce. Yeah. He, that, that first game against Colorado switchbacks, I'll, I'll, I'll be honest with you. I don't think it was, it was a great game. I think it was a pretty poor performance. Um, all in all, and it ended up only just a in a one and a zero one. Yeah, loss, it, was a, but... it was a tough game with the weather delay. Yeah, you know, it was real disjointed. So, but you know, since then, you know, he has been playing that. That has been a, a partnership, Bryce and, and and Learman. That that has been amazing. Um, you know, Tulsa game also a little crazy, whatever, weird. But um, I think a lot of teams were sleeping on on them. And Birmingham and Oakland are not bad teams. There there are teams that both sat atop their respective conferences at, at, at early stages in this, this, um, this campaign. So to see us shut them both out and, and, and score five goals in the process is, is pretty, pretty amazing to, to both the attack, the midfield and, and uh, that, that defensive partnership. Um, so, yeah. And, and then on the, the Zach Ryan front, yeah, you know, that's a, that's a great transition to talking about some of the league and Eastern conference stats, you know, where, where Zach Ryan is right now. And, you're right. He didn't play two games. He we also have a game in hand to everybody else around us and to all the league leaders. Um, and in spite of all of that, he's in sole possession now with that goal, that penalty of second place in the entire league, first place in the Eastern Conference on goal scored with five. And again, with one less match played. That is yeah. that is massive. That's a huge headline that Loudon hasn't had anything close to in the history of this no. franchise. It's um, the hardest if, if you have a if you have a somebody that you can go in that every time they step on the field, the expectation is they're scoring that game. I mean, that's mm-hmm. the biggest deal. Look, look at look at the US men's national team. You know, they haven't yeah. had that in 10 years. So um so Zach's a an absolute um missile when it comes to missile. his performance. Yeah. Um he's a handful for the other team. He makes everybody better around him he's a leader on the team he's a captain of the team um tremendous signing clarence and i during preseason when we got together at him clarence pointed out zach and said that's going to be the leading scorer on this team and we didn't even know much about him 
you know, so, um, so it's very rare that these, these players coming in with, especially in new situations, um, that, uh, uh, they, they perform to that level and capability. So. Awesome. Shout out to shout out to Clarence. Um, the podcast, a big fan of Clarence. Right. Uh, he came on for an episode a few years back. So, you know, big, big shout out to him. Um, but yeah, no, he, he called it, he called it right. Um, you know, and, and it's not just Zach too, you know, Zach is currently, if you're looking at fought, if you're, you're a fought mob, you know, uh, and a reader like I am, then you, you look at the team and Zach is currently the highest rated player we have, you know, he's got one man of the match and an eight O rating, which is unreal, uh, unreal rating on fought mob uh, on the season so far, but Samake is coming in right behind him at a 7.8. That's crazy numbers with the man of the match. And then Panos now with his first man of the match and a, and a 7.7 overall, these are, you know, and you got, you got a number of players sitting at the 7.6 rating era. And that that's anything above 7.5 on fought mob on a season is, is pretty darn good. That means they're, they're playing consistently well. So um, it's exciting. It's awesome to see. Uh, Zach, it's awesome to see you know all these 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 guys, um, not kids. I always want to say these kids, but you know this is a this is a team of of of, of young players and veterans now. Um, but uh, but that's yeah, that's good. So now talking about we've got a couple of upcoming matches. Uh, we've got got a hefty um, workload right now in in the next coming in the coming days. Starting off with tomorrow, Flower City Union coming to town, U.S. Open Cup third round match. This is just so awesome. I mean, seeing Cup. Cup matches played at Sager Field for the first time ever. Getting to the next round, you know, and 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 a, and a match and an opponent that uh, the clubhouse you may not admit it, but is by far the best draw, the best chance that that we have, you know, in, in the third round where where MLS teams start being introduced into the competition. Um, you know, NISA teams, NISA NISA teams, they're not anything to just you know shake off. You know, by all means, these are professional players who've played at the highest tiers at different points in their careers. But hosting one of them would be a lot better at any time than having to go travel to go play New England Revolution, you know, a, a team that's absolutely a hitter in, in the league above right now. Um, a little bit about Flower City. They just kicked off their season on April 1st. Uh, they've only had two matches so far. They've lost both. Um, both of them were, were 1-0 losses. But they're both to the teams that are leading the the, – the, they're, they're on top of the table in, in NISA. That's uh, the Maryland Bobcats FC and Chattanooga FC. Um, they have had a win of the season, but that was in the U.S. Open Cup second round, and that was against uh, a USL League Two side called Manhattan Soccer Club SC. Um, so they haven't scored a, a goal <clears throat> in their league yet. They had three goals in that Manhattan match. Um, you know they're going to come out with their best roster at Segra that they can they can travel down with, um, and and it's a drivable range, so they're not going to have to pay for too much. You know out there, I, I'd imagine that 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 Ryan Martin isn't going to be weakening his squad too much either. This is a game that he wants to 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 see us secure and to move on to the next round. He's going to want to to take the lead early and often. Um, and uh, you know, <clears throat> other than you know, it's conceding goals. There's not a lot to talk about. You know, if you if you want to hear a little breakdown, there's there's a little bit more on the the, the episode that Mendelovitz just did. But uh, you know, he talks a little about Steven Elias, who provided two of those goals, um, and and their their big Senegalese striker Aliona Decate, who provided the third. Uh, Decate, I think, 29 years of age, somewhere around there, spent time at Indy 11 and FC Tucson, so he's got time playing at our level. Um, but the last few years. Uh, he's been kind of bouncing around before he found his way to the, this this New York squad, and then 
Elias, who's 25, so a little younger, uh, bounced around USL League Two. Um, they got a couple big names there. They've got a right back, John Recrejo, I think is how you say his name, who's 26, spent time at LA Galaxy and through uh, the LA Galaxy 2 team. And he came up through Tijuana's Academy. He's also played for the U.S. youth national teams at the both U-20 and U-17 level. Uh, Luke Ferreira at 27. He is uh, a starting caliber left wing winger that can play in different tiers of the U.S. game. Um, he came up with Jerv of the Norwegian top flight um, and spent the 2020-2021 seasons at Colorado Spring Switchbacks FC, a team that just, you know, beat us at home. Um, I think he was even at uh maybe then champions 2022 Chattanooga FC in this uh so uh those are those are players that you're gonna see Santos and Rocha kind of uh watching film on to disrupt opportunities as they try to get service into the box um but not a lot else about this team the, you know there's a lot a lot of information this is a team that that changes its roster uh almost completely each season you know that as, as it does in in this uh um, I think that they're excited. I think that I've talked to some of the fans that they're they're planning on sending some people down, and so, um, it, it's it's gonna be paramount this this match. Uh, anything to say about Flower City? Hopefully, there's no weather issues. Hopefully, there's that, no weather that issues. creates a variable on that field. Um, it's just exciting that we're involved with these 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 games against these independent clubs. You know, that's yeah, that's really it. It's um. I think having having enthusiasm on a Wednesday night and an exciting match for the players and the fans alike is is important. I mean, that's that to me is kind of the lead. Um, the opponent to me could be anybody. Um, so I think seeing how that that stadium gets activated with an important game in a, in a midweek tilt in April is going to be fairly telling you know, with what we're, we're trying to do from my side. Um, Agreed. So. Yeah. And, and it's just, it is, it is so cool. You know, these independent squads, these, it's, it's, it's so cool to play teams outside of the USL teams that we may never play again, or, you know, yeah. may not play um, or definitely have never played before. Um, it's just great to be a part of, of cup football. It, it's, there's nothing like it on earth. Um, and, you know, it's something that we have had the, the, the doors closed on us for, you know, the since 2019, since we, you know, we came about and um, I don't know, I'm tickled for it. I'll, I'll be there. I, I'm I'm excited. So yeah. um, then next up, we've got our first away match in a while. And that's against Phoenix Rising. And if you um, <clears throat> have followed USL Championship in the last four years, five years, you know of who Phoenix Rising is, you know, you know. You remember the days of Didier Drogba playing for them, the former Chelsea striker, and now being a part owner of that team. You know about um, them being just an absolute Western Conference powerhouse. This is a team that has money. They spend money. They've got this this, this big stadium. They're one of the the, the teams that fills it every week. Um, but this year, maybe a little different. They're currently sitting at eighth in the West with a game at hand early on. Um, that doesn't mean they're bad though. This is a very good team, and they're going to be hungry at home to 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 kind of teach Loudon a lesson. So, um, right now, the biggest news coming out of Phoenix is that uh, coming out of a one-one draw with the the current reigning champion San Antonio FC, their one of their star midfielders, Carlos Harvey, received a second yellow and a subsequent red red card, which will result in a suspension in their next league match. Now they play New Mexico United at the midweek, but it's an U.S. Open Cup match. 
Um, Harvey, who is a member of the Panamanian national, uh, should be a very team. physical game, by the way, too. Oh, it should be a very physical game. Very, those, those two teams just are gonna gonna try to kill each other. So, yeah, I'm gonna I want to see the health of that team coming out of Wednesday as well. Absolutely, um, in a rivalry game, U.S. Open Cup. I think we'll yeah. see what Flower City brings physic phys- physically. They might try to compensate for skill with some physic physicality, but Adam. Let's see. Let's keep our eyes on the health of those players coming out yeah. of that game. Because they're they're not only they're going to be coming out of a game, a midweek game. You know they're going to be playing hard. They're going to be traveling. You know, which is always a factor, right? Um, is that in New Mexico? What's that? Is that is is that is that game in New Mexico? The midweek game for Phoenix. It. I believe it's in Phoenix. I think that they're hosting that one. So are they hosting you're, it? Okay. You're kind of anticipating that there's going to be some. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> they're they're going to come in there hungry. Those those are after you, like you said, those are rival matches, um, rival teams. So yeah, I mean, it's it's a good point. You know, we we've got we've got to travel though. You know, and so that's that's a factor too. Um, it, it's. It, it, it's we'll see we'll see what what it looks like on thursday morning you yeah. know coming out what the injury reports look like um but we know that one of those bruisers one of those guys who, who really bosses the midfield for them is not going to be um no it is in new mexico that that game yeah you're right so it's going to be yeah. a way match for phoenix it's eleven thousand fans in that stadium that's a tough place to play um so there's it a is, lot of variables that it, it doesn't feel like and nothing against New Mexico. Um, I know that like Los Los Somos podcast is a, is a listener of us, and so hopefully they don't take offense to this. But it's not as hard a place to play as as they sell it to be. Eleven thousand people don't sound as loud in a baseball stadium, essentially, because um, they play in like the 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 Zaps or something like that. The Adams, I don't remember what they're called. Yeah. Um, electrons, whatever that that stadium is. But yeah. Um. But either way, yeah. So isotopes is it this? Isotopes. isotopes. There it is. There, yeah. I, I man, I, I should have <laughs> sta- paid more attention in uh, in science. Um, so yeah, the zaps. Um, so Phoenix, yeah, they got some some big hitters on their squad that we're gonna be watching uh, with a close eye as they take on New Mexico. Uh, you know, Daniel Trejo with three goals. Uh, you got Gabriel Tor- uh, Torres and Henry Uzochokwa, who is, they've got multiple goals and assists. Uh, Manuel Ortega's got two goals and assists on the season. Um, I think that what their problem is going to be going into the weekend match against us, as well as against New Mexico, um, is going to be consistency issues. You know, they, they've they they've only lost a match all season, but they've also yep. only won a match all season. Um, so, you know, tying four games is just is a tough thing. Uh, I guess you could call that consistency. It's just that not, the, not the consistency they want. Phoenix has a starter on their team that we actually were – talking about direct i talked to him, to him directly about signing louder uh-oh so, uh-oh don't don't tell us don't tell us who it is won't tell you who it is but <laughs> yeah they, they have a they have a player that that's a really good player that we were we were looking at um and couldn't couldn't make the numbers work honestly he, he made some more more money like most teams yeah with uh going to phoenix but um sure no they're just, I always like seeing where players sign, and then we will play them, kind of see so, what the performance looks like. So, speaking of of potential Loudon play, or I guess former Loudon players, um, Phoenix also just won. You know, they 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 participated in the second round of the U.S. Open Cup, just like we did, um, with a a, a win over Greenville Triumph 
And uh, Loudon Faithfuls will remember Noah Pilato, who who started in the midfield for for Greenville and their loss to Phoenix. But um, it's good to hear. It's good to hear that we're we're fighting with the the big uh, wallets of the USL Championship for for players. You know, it's good to, to hear that. Um, so all in all, Phoenix Rising. This is going to be a tough one. Um, you know, like like Jordan said, it, it's it. We're gonna really kind of get a, a feel on how we come out of the Flower City match, how they come out of the New Mexico match. Um, but I don't think that teams are going to sleep on Loudon anymore. I think that that, that they're going to come into it and they're going to expect us to to put up a a fight. Um, and, and hopefully we can kind of shake a little bit of the rust on the away uh, performances this season. We've been so lucky to have yeah. a, a string of of home matches. So, um, so yeah. So now that's all I got for Phoenix. I want to jump into some other news. Um, DC related. I know I don't like talking about DC United. I don't even, I, you know, I came to Loudon through DC. I, you know, I was a DC United fan first and foremost, but now my love is, is here at Sager field. But um, it has to be mentioned that Mohanad Yezi, who uh, has been playing, he's kind of a left midfielder, but he's been playing that left wing back role in, in Rooney's uh, back line was booked on assault charges over Sweden. We don't know the details. I'm not going to talk about the details. I don't know anything about it. Um, but, uh, you know, he's a versatile med- midfielder, and that could have an impact on us because we have a lone player from D.C. right now who's been playing amazing. That's who I mentioned earlier, Kasao Samake. No clue what that means, um, but you kind of hope that uh, there, there's some free agents available that you hope Loudon kind of looks into, like Chris Gloucester, formerly of New York City FC, or Eddie Segura, who's had some experience at, at the fullback position, even though he's traditionally more of a center mid, a formerly of LAFC. You hope that DC kind of looks in that direction as opposed to, and, and obviously gives Jacob Greeny, uh, you know, opportunities to, to, for some, some time as well. But, um, you know, nothing that I saw at least coming down ahead of the MLS uh, deadline last night. So yeah. it looks like for the moment we're safe, but. Um, Heinz, you have you Brendan Heinz is coming off an injury. Yep, that's right. Ready. So Heinzeik is a starting caliber MLS fullback. Um, and Nahar too. Good guy. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Nahar exactly. So, um, so I think they'll figure it out. I don't think they need to bring in anyone outside. Um, they'll they have some creativity up there. Yeah. So that's all I've got on news. Um, now the rest of this episode, I got a, a couple quick questions. Uh, we got a few minutes left. Um, in, in the episode, but I wanted a chance to kind of talk to you and, and let you kind of talk to the fans, Jordan. Um, and and so. I got a couple of questions just just ginned up and 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 you 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 answer them however you want. But the first question is just tell us about yourself uh, if you could in like a minute, sixty second you know way. But sure. you know how did you get involved in DC and, and now Loudon and and what it is that you do? I played Division three soccer. I'm forty years old, so I played at Haverford College in Pennsylvania years ago. Um, always been a, a fan of of the of the game. Um, and started kind of working in the rental housing space. I'm a real, I have a real estate background. I run a real estate team based out of Northern Virginia with Keller Williams um, called Next Move, uh, Next Move Nation's Capital through Keller Williams Capital Properties. And really took the bull by the horn in terms of getting players situated. Actually, my first DC United client in 2018 was Wayne Rooney. <laughs> so when Wayne came, to the U.S., I was given an opportunity through some uh, some personal relationships to assist with his housing. I ended up helping Wayne uh, and his family and really realized that D.C. United from uh, the top down was a really top class organization. So um started following Loudon, 
realized that Loudon during those COVID years had a uh, COVID year, I should say, had, had some challenges trying to really get activated and was given an opportunity to focus on kind of what was going on in the operations piece of Loudon and, and Sacred Field and Leesburg and kind of looked at that as, as an untapped market for growth and success. And uh, obviously Greg Baroni coming in with his background and pedigree in pro sports ownership was was the the absolute catalyst that that team needed to succeed. Yes. And then I was able to kind of come in on the backside of that as a back channel, bring some athletes in with me. Uh, Yannick Ngakwe is a, a DC born and bred, played at University of Maryland. He's in the NFL now. Tommy Tamman plays for the the New York Mets and Jeff Teague, who played in the NBA for many years and bought into Amazon HQ2 as an investor, brought them with me as an ownership stake. And now we're essentially here to, yeah. to build this team and product. That's awesome. Yeah. And, you know, we, we did a little bit of a breakdown in the last episode about, about some of their stats, uh, you know, and, 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 you know, I know Jeff now is a, is a scout for the Atlanta Hawks uh, down in, down, down South, but um, you know, you, you mentioned, Greg, Mr. Baroni, I'll call him Mr. Baroni on this uh, forum. Uh, but you know, he's an interesting guy. I think he, first of all, he, he's got a curse when it comes to like audio stuff. Like every time he grabs a microphone or there's a microphone going, there's, there's audio issues going on. So that's interesting, but um, it's a curse I'm willing to take because I, so far he seems to be amazing. He he seems to, to really yeah. love uh, this team. He's got a passion for it. He's, he's got a presence. I, every single match I've been to, he has been on the sideline. He's been cheering with, you know, if, if you look at the highlights, he's out there on the field celebrating with the players. Um, you know, he's got that, that give a shit. And, and that's, that's huge. You know, you, in a time full of corruption and owners that don't care and all this kind of stuff, um, you know, we're, we're not an MLS squad. This is not a premier league squad. He has no reason to be out there other than wanting to be out there. And it's great to see him out there. Um, what can you tell us about him or, or any of the new guys and the new structure that, that is the ownership group? Yeah. So Greg will be in Phoenix with the team. Gosh, that's um, awesome. going to travel with the team. Uh, Greg's daughter, Angela, played soccer in East Carolina and essentially kind of oversees some of the operations of the team. She's very passionate or very family-oriented. Uh, local pillars of the community. I mean, the Greg and his daughter are, are local pillars of the community. You can see the players going out to Leesburg, school districts, things like that. We want to build out this product that gets people enthusiastic, and Greg understands that. It's grassroots. It's grassroots through his other businesses with other professional teams where he has these um, this experience with, and he does care. You know, he does. We're going to use the the colorful language you did, Adam. We'll do that behind the scenes, but um, <laughs> he does care, and I'm proud to uh, to to be there and knowing that Greg's going to be there as as a very strong presence with Angela at every home game. And we're, we That's are awesome. going to go on the field. We are going to let the players know we care about them. We are going to see how we can support them. These are players that have never lived in the area for the most part. And um, it's really this this foundational like destination that we want to create here with Loudon. And it's certainly not a development team for DC United That's at all. That's what we want so, to hear as fans. I think that, you know, we've had that experience um, in the past of, of of having players, you know, what we thought was going to be an opportunity and just stolen away. But uh, but yeah, no, that's that's awesome. It's exciting to see. It's exciting to see, you know, Greg out there, exciting to see you out there on the field. Um, it, it means a lot. I think it means a lot to me. I think it means a lot to the rest of the fans as well. Um, 
speaking of the field, uh, you know, we had a couple minutes left before we have to wrap this thing yeah. up, but um, you, I think you've got some, some things that, that are being worked on. I think that there's, there's an evolution that's occurring right now or underway at Segra field, maybe even one that we might get a sneak peek at during the flower city union uh, game. Yeah. Any, anything you want to say about that? Massive scoreboard, Adam, massive scoreboard installed next to the hospitality suite is coming video board replay pictures of the, the handsome players we have on the team. Pictures of the ugly pictures of the uh, of the opposing team players, ugly, um, but really uh, that'll also create a live feed into some potential in the hospitality suite is like some some TVs lounge area type stuff is being kicked around, but adding a sense of going to that game, um, making it something that's that's again a destination for the fans as well, having people come in from all over the area to, to check it out. I'm super excited about it. As you know, the spirit, you know, they play at Audi now, so we're not we're not sharing with another team like that. There's a couple other groups that come through Segra, but that will utilize the scoreboard. But I think this is a professional stadium. We kind of joke that this the the scoreboard right now is was ripped off of of Zach Ryan's middle school gym when he signed with the team and installed mm-hmm. in that back corner. But this is something that's going to be placement. Um, as a marquee uh, a piece of, of technology that's going to be great because the press box that'll be added under that. USL is requiring every stadium to have a press box. So I think the evolution of USL, the direction of USL championship is also mandating these types of things. And we're seeing these state-of-the-art stadiums that are going to be, be built. And I think Segra is going to get improved as well in terms of overall just technology so that's i mean as someone who's been there since the beginning and watched you know scoreboards get lifted up by forklifts for matches um you know and and as a fan of just the usl in general you know that's that's awesome to see you see players you know or or matches played in like like these beat up old lacrosse fields without like you know with 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 risers and stuff um it's it's really really freaking cool to see um that 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 we're that we're moving in that direction and the idea of being able to look up and, and see replays just it just has a very like you said a very professional feel to Correct. it um awesome yeah so final question for you uh as we wrap this up but um i heard there was some drama there are there's some drama that this was tweeted about you know stephen goff over at the washington post was was talking about uh dc being in the market for for different usl players and immediately when you hear that um ahead of the mls uh, transfer deadline, which was uh, the the first deadline, where it's very weird and wonky, is is April twenty fourth. Um, you know, is there anything you can share about that? Can you can you tell us about if if there were any uh, Loudon players that were being targeted? Uh, you know, yet you, you got a couple guys. That I I can say, I would be very nervous. Um, because of their performances. So I'll answer I'll answer this this question this way. <laughs> you never want to stand in the way of. What players, you know, their the experiences and and the growth of, and potential of their careers, right? So, if there's rumblings about interest, clearly, if you are playing at a top level, at a high level, and you have interest to continue to maybe the the higher level, that's that's going to be that's going to be something that you have to consider. 
but the players yeah. are going to make their own decisions. It's there's a lot of variables to that, Adam. Playing time, money, yeah, bit. You know, is it necessarily the best idea to progress to the top level and put that under your transfer market? Yeah, but not play. You know, we mentioned there's a player right now that's that's up at DC that was a phenomenal Loudon player that's not going to see the field, you know, or hasn't yet. That's right. And is that really the best thing for him? I don't know. You know, that's not up for me to decide. And and there may be some some compensation there that that player makes more money, and that's fine, and gets top level training and top flight facilities, all that stuff. So yeah, it's. There is uh, there's an advantage uh, to having the DC United um, uh, opportunity available to the players, and I think that the players are going to be making the decisions on on if that's the best fit for them with their sports agents, with their families, things like that. Um, and frankly, if we don't have that interest, then we're not recruiting the right players to play for about it because they're Boom. not good enough. I love that answer. Yeah. You know. I think that people really confuse themselves when they become fans of a franchise, fans of a club, you know, um, and maybe this happens a lot with, especially with American fans, but abroad as well, you know, like you look at like a team and you think of yourself as, you know, you know, in, in NFL, for instance, every team is on this level playing field, but it's not the, not the same way in, in, in soccer or football, however you call it, you know, you, you get, you get Leeds fans who, who are sad to see you know a star player go on to to play for Barcelona or play for Real Madrid in reality you have to be happy for the 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 time that they gave and the development that they happened and also the profits that were made from that 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 sale Correct. um because it can bring in new talent and and there's a silver lining to it and the only way around that is to be a fan of of the biggest and the, the baddest you know the Real Madrids of of the world um because who can who can have that that spend and that loss um but but yeah i i completely agree you know i i I talk to players from time to time, especially when the season ends, and I always tell them the same thing. You know, I, you know, I, I think you could be playing at the next level. I, I think you got a lot, a bright future ahead of you. I keep in touch with players who've played with Loudon, um, and congratulate them on their career as they continue to progress. There's a lot of players that have played with Loudon that that have played at the next level, who have have had successes at the next level. I think there's some players on the team right now who could probably not only play at the next level, but probably have some pretty big successes overseas um, in, in even more competitive markets than, than what the MLS has to offer. Um, you know, just the way that Panos himself runs around uh, the, the field, y- you can kind of get a feel for that. Um, so I love that. I love that answer. Uh, you know, yeah. and then on the, on the fan side, of course, who, who love uh, the red and the white, <laughs> we hope they don't steal anybody in the middle of the season, especially okay. if they're, uh, you know, contributing in, in any certainly don't. Way. Yeah. We certainly know. We want to build a winner. <clears throat> we want to go to the playoffs. We want to win yeah. championships. Like, but in we the also off want chance... to fill that stadium too. Yeah, with 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 people to support this team as well. And um, you know, it, yeah. and we need a winning product on the field to, to do that. But we can't. We can't. We can't hold back development of players if it's the right situation for them. Absolutely yeah. not. And that's and there's not going to happen. So. In the off chance that a player is listening right now, nobody, no fan in Loudon, hopefully I can speak for for all of us, uh, is hoping that you don't go on to the next level. <laughs> we just also want to win. No. Um, so so know that. We uh, wanna but... we wanna send a ton, we wanna send all of our guys to the next level because yeah. that's gonna be that's gonna showcase that this is again the destination to come to. Yeah. That's right. To just 
absolutely produce quality and, and get better and progress your your career as player. So yeah, but also I have to just highlight something you said, which is something that was said by by Mr. Baroni, uh, you know, day one during the jersey unveiling party. But um, I think people take a little, maybe a little more seriously now, is that you know what is what is your goal in the season? And you just said it. You know, you guys want to win. You just want to win. You want to win championships. And I think that previous years that the goal was to stay alive not to be last the previous you know, to, to maybe make the playoffs for the first time this is a team that that wants to win they they have lofty ambitions i think you all as an ownership have lofty ambitions coach martin and his staff have 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 ambitions this is a team that has uh they they, they want to get after it. they want to really attack and uh we like that as fans we're, we're we, yeah we and we and and to me i look at i look at the various landscapes of opportunities within USL, either championship level, league one, whatever it is. And I look at Loudon as, as again, a, a place where you want to spend time. And and while while players are here, we have to have authentic relationships with the players, make them feel comfortable, go out in the community, go to the Leesburg Elementary Schools, market to the fans to come to the games, have a beer once in a while, one loud in, you know, maybe a water and a steak. I don't know, maybe not a beer. But <laughs> the point is, I kind of look at Loudon, and this is what this is what I want to showcase uh, to to the players that are that we want to sign. Is I look at us as as almost like you're looking at going to college and going to you know an Ivy League school and the opportunities you get at an Ivy League school. It's I look at us as kind of like an Ivy. I want to make create an Ivy League program here. And there's some teams in USL that are in less desirable kind of places to live, you know. And and Loudoun County is a beautiful place to live. It's it's uh, very diverse. You can kind of get anything you need. You can get involved with communities at every level, you know. Um, and that's that's the that's the that's what the draw is, and that's what that's what we want to kind of commit to with the players. And when they get here, Adam, we don't want to just say, "Hey, you're here, we signed you, and that's it." Like we want to continue that growth, not just from an on the field product, but also off the field comfort level and what we can bring in programs that we can we can basically enroll players in introductions to very high powered people, Greg Brony's SOI, my SOI, like this, this matters. And, uh, and I want to create longstanding relationships even after the players continue on down the, their path. So. Heck yeah. That's awesome. Point that out. No. Yeah. And I appreciate that. And I appreciate the, uh, you know, the, 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 the transparency and, and looking into, you know, how this is, you know, from an ownership standpoint, uh, you know, what y'all's goals are, what the ambitions are and what, what the hopes are. Um, this is, this is great to hear. It's, it's good to see uh, this level of care, this level of dedication coming out of, of, of the owners, out of the, the staff. Um, it, it's something that I think very few franchises have at all. Um, and to think that we went from nearly nothing, not to say DC didn't care about us, but they, they, each year posed a new problem that that took focus away from Loudon and and to to go from what it was to what it is now um is such a massive leap and i don't think i don't even think that the fans yet can fully appreciate it and i think that they will and i think that you're going to continue to see segra fill 
in greater and greater numbers and, and this become a, a staple of the community um what a place to invest in what a, what a, what a, what a you know, yeah. yeah what a, it, it's the story is writing itself we're we're not people were talking about in the media you know things like that Loudon's independent now you know but Loudon's still owned by DCs so are they really independent like we're showcasing that yes we are yeah independent i'll leave you with this like i took uh i took a couple players on Loudon to the first game the Toronto FC DC United game oh what a game Adam, too Adam these players weren't rooting for DC United they were rooting for Toronto and i was kind of awesome. like really <laughs> I was like, aren't associating yourself with the with the, this team? Interesting. And and um, I'll, I'll call uh, Kwame. Kwame was with me, and Kwame's Canadian, so he's sure. like, I played with these guys on Toronto. Like, I'm rooting for Toronto. These are my guys. Yeah, and it's just them. that's the mentality that us as ownership and fans and everybody under needs to understand. Like, we are an independent club and yes there's probably going to be an opportunity at at dc but guess what there's going to be opportunities at other higher level league teams too this isn't just a feeder into the parent club here this is a feeder into you play well on the field next year you're going to go have an opportunity to go play wherever you want and we're going to back you up and i'm going to give anybody that will listen to me the recommendation that you're somebody that should be in that locker room that should get paid a lot of money and get some minutes as a leader of the new team, and if that's a if that means we have to backfill Loudon with with other players that are up and coming and stuff, so be it. We'll do it. Yeah, and we're committed to it. So that's awesome. Yeah, I think that the relationship went from uh, you know DC being the big brother to maybe a distant cousin like two or three times removed. That's that's great. Um, but yeah, that's that's this is awesome. This has been a great great time, uh, Jordan. I really appreciate you coming on the podcast, you know, the, the transparency and, and everything and, and speaking with me, you know, speaking to the fans. Uh, this has absolutely been an honor uh, to, to to chat with you in, in this kind of a forum. Um, I hope that if you're still listening to this podcast that you enjoyed it, you enjoyed a look into this, you know, maybe we can do more things like this in the future. Um, and, uh, you know, if, if you haven't made it to a match yet or you have, uh, you know, look out for for Jordan. Um, you know, he he's all over social media, so you can go find his face on there and look out what he looks like. Uh, but he's out there. He's on the field. He's he's talking. He's communicating. He's uh he's got a huge presence. Um, check him out. You know, and and and, and come out to a match. You know, I I'll be there against like I said against Flower City Union. Uh, I'm excited. I'm excited as, as we continue this campaign into a, a new uh a, a new a new thing for for Loudon is the best way to put it. You know, new a new um competition. I guess is the best way to put it in this cup. But but thank you so much for your time. Um, yeah, this is this has been great. And uh, that's all I've got for everybody today. So th- thanks Perfect. for tuning in. Yeah, th- thanks for always uh, everybody who's, who's, who's tuned in and, and, and to the subscribers, uh, our Patreon subscribers. Big shout out to you all uh, for, for continuing to make this thing happen. Um, that's all I got. So tune in out for now. Talk to you soon. Thanks, Adam.